This is a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z-Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here in the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. This is my second startup uh, for the show tonight. See, I, I had started recording, and I got about, I don't know, five, six minutes into the show, and uh, <clears throat> a certain feline member of this family started making plaintive noises, which was her way of telling, uh, telling me that, hey, I'm about to throw up. Oh, she loves to throw up. It's just her. It's you know, and it wasn't even a hairball. It was just, eh. I want to throw up. I don't you know. I don't know. The vet says she's healthy. It's something cats do. Oh, <laughs> the joys of pet ownership. Oh, it's just. Uh. So I have to reconfigure all my time and, and and how to do the show so that I get an hour done or. A little bit over an hour. I usually go a little over. <sighs> anyway, we've had uh, 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 some uh, uh, a big, you know, a big event take place in the Fitzsimmons family. In this, you know, in with the, you know, Amy, myself, and our son Hayden, in our family. Uh, Hayden graduated high school this week, this past Wednesday, and uh, it went very well. Uh, the uh, the rehearsal that was supposed to ha- take place earlier that day in the afternoon was canceled because it's been so freaking hot here. Now I know it gets hotter in other places or in the in the world, but it was been it's been in the 90s for highs and the high 90s for highs the last I don't know. T- week and a half something i don't it's just it seems like it's been forever and let me tell you when it gets hot here in minnesota it doesn't just get hot it gets humid and i know there are other parts of the world that get hotter and humideder than here in minnesota but ugh, i don't know how people live in those parts of the world it's just it's just tiring it just drains from you it's just it's ridiculous so anyway because it was so hot and gross, the St. Paul school system, for those kids that were still going to school for a few days, the seniors were done with their year, but the other, the underclassmen were still going for a few days. Uh, all school was canceled for the rest of the year. I think Minneapolis school system did the same thing. And then for that day, for the rehearsals, they said, you know what, we're just going to go, you know, do this 
do the virtual thing, go online, and we'll go over what need what's going to happen here, and then we'll do the best as we can once we get to the place. Now, it, it was at Roy Wilkins Auditorium in downtown St. Paul, which is part of this uh, complex called River Center, which has the Ordway on one end, Roy Wilkins in the middle, and the Excel Energy Center, which is the home of the Minnesota Wild, uh, but never to be the home of a Stanley Cup champion, though, because... <laughs> We can't have a Minnesota team win the Stanley Cup. I mean, come on. <laughs> we got to have Las Vegas win a, win a cup, right? Anyway, the ceremony went great. Um, Hayden, uh, he, he graduated uh, at the cum laude level, cum laude level, which is uh, it means that he got uh, at least a B minus to no a B plus to an A minus grade point average. Gets to wear a nice white cord uh, along his shoulders uh, with his uh, robe and uh, or gown. I've heard it called both. Uh, he got to wear that, and and then he also got an excellence award in fine arts for his photography, which is really cool. And then of course he got his diploma. And that's that's great. I mean, 14 years of school, that's pre-K, right on up through senior year. Uh, he, you know, he got through it, and he did a pretty good job, and we were pretty proud of him, very proud of him. And uh, the ceremony went well and all that. And then we went out to eat afterward. Uh, it was raining <laughs> as we got out of the place. It's like a spot shower had come by. Just as we were leaving the place, the crowd is coming out. We were supposed to meet him in this park that was across the street from the Ordway Theater part of River Center. We were supposed to meet him there. And as uh, the, the, the families and friends were all filing their way out, uh, we started getting going by windows and we could see outside and say, Hey, it's raining. What the hell? Uh, it took a little bit to find him, but we did find him. And, uh, and then we took him out to eat. And, uh, and it was great. It was nice. And uh, now it's, uh, well, tonight he just got, I just got him home about, I don't know, half hour ago from his, uh, his prom. Uh, they, they had a prom this year. Now this is a, uh, it's, it, during the ceremonies, they had several speakers. And I think almost every speaker that talked made some mention of the, of the unique challenges that these kids had uh, over the last 15 months. Going into last year, the, the school year of 2019-2020, the last third of that year was spent at home. They didn't have classes in school because of the pandemic. And then the first two-thirds of the 2020 to 2021 year, they didn't have classes in school. Uh, they were learning from home. And so when school resumed, and, and Hayden, you know, the, the students had a choice of uh, you can still stay home, do the distance learning at home. You can do a hybrid, which is, uh, you know, you, you do two days in school, two days at home, or you come back to the actual school and do four days a week. Uh, I don't know why they shortened it to four days a week, but they did. Hayden opted for that. He opted to go to school and, and be with his friends and, and do his thing. So and uh, and they they also mentioned they talked about uh, not not only the pandemic putting a hardship on them and the challenges and learning into those situations and doing stuff online and figuring things out that way not only that but they talked about the 
the uh, the civil unrest in the wake of George Floyd being murdered, and here in the Twin Cities, we were the epicenter of that uh, 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 spark that that launched protests around the world. And then, uh, not only was the George George Floyd ups, uh, the, the unrest because of that, and not just him, there were other people that were killed. Uh, other other black Americans that died at the hands of uh, of, of cops, uh, and so protests around the country and around the world began to spring up, and so these kids were dealing with that. Uh, they'd made no mention of the insurrection because I don't think they wanted to get that political, but that's was there. I don't think they're all Republicans and want us all to forget that the insurrection happened, which is what the, what the Republican Party wants us to do right now. They want us to forget that it happened. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's in the past. So why look back? You know, Benghazi they can go into for, you know, forever. But, you know, an attack on our capital by people who would be voting for these guys that don't want to investigate it and want us all to forget. Hmm, interesting. Maybe that's why they want us to forget, because they don't want to, you know, they want to keep their, their, their power. Anyway, so no mention of that. But then there was there was mention of of the March for Our Lives. I think that's the what the movement was called. That the kids from from uh, Parkland uh, High School down there in Florida that got together and said, "Look, you know, enough is enough. What's going on with these shootings in schools? Come on, adults, work with us here. We've got to come up with solutions here." And it's 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 just been an extraordinary times. And 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 these kids graduate school in there. So um, Amy and I are very proud of Hayden. Uh, we think he's done a, a nice job, and now we just have to figure out how to pay for college. <laughs> but, well, we'll figure it out. But, oh, man, it's been so hot. God, I hate summer. I just hate summer. I hate summer, especially when it starts so early. It's, it's, I mean, it's not even, we're not even halfway through June. Good. It's just I hate summer. Okay, um, here's another little th story, the, the yin to the yang of uh, Hayden graduating. Last Saturday, uh, Hayden had a graduation party to go to uh, during the day. It was, uh, it was a low-key affair. It was... Uh, uh, he had a friend and his friend's cousin uh, graduating, uh, and so the families decided let's have a, uh, a combined graduation party for the two kids. And it was mostly family, relatives, that kind of thing. And uh, Hayden and some of his friends were there, and pretty low key kind of thing. It's during the day, and and uh, 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 Hayden and the uh, I don't know, a couple of his buddies said, hey, let's go over to so-and-so's apartment. Let's walk on over there. It's not that far. Let's walk on over there and hang out there for a while. So they decided, okay, that's a good idea. So they, they go walking. And this is a day where the temperature got to about 100 degrees or more. I don't know if it was official with the weather people, you know, that they keep the official records for Minnesota on what the high temperature of the day was. But it certainly, you know, the dashboard on my car said it got to like 102 and uh, uh, bank signs with the temperatures on, the, on, the, on their marquees, the temperatures and time, they were showing 100 degrees, 101 degrees. So I mean, he's so, they, so these kids decided to go walking over to this apartment at, in that in those conditions, and it's humid. 
Oh, God, it's humid. So uh, they made it. It was a longer walk than they expected, and it was hotter than they thought it was going to be. But they made it, and they hung out at the apartment for a while. And I don't know. It, it got down to uh, Hayden, uh, one of the friends that went over to the place, and the friend whose place it was. And so they're, they're, they're hanging out. And I think they were outside at this point, just kind of sitting out front, just hanging, just talking, whatever. And they notice a woman acting oddly. They just see her. They're observing her. They don't interact with her or anything. She's not that far away from them, but, you know, they just they just see that, boy, she's acting weird. I wonder what the story is there, they were thinking. And <clears throat> she, I guess, went away. The two friends that Hayden was with started thinking, well, let's. why don't we hop in the car and head on over to this other place? Well, at that point in the day, Hayden was... Uh, He's pretty tired out. And he says, you know what? I think I just want to go home. I'll just text my dad. Have him come pick me up. And he did. He texted me. And I said, okay, I'll come and get you. And it's about a 20-minute drive to the place. And I'd been there before, so I knew that there's a parking lot out back where I'd pick him up from that parking lot. And I head on down. And uh, I get there. And I pull into the parking lot. And I text him. And I said, I'm here. And he said he he texts me back with an address. He says I'm at here now. I'll explain later. And so my initial reaction was to I, I texted him back and I actually wrote mother father. I just got to so and so's place. And then he says again, I'll explain. Okay, so I I put in the address thing and it's only about a block away. So okay, I figured. He wandered off the, to some uh, another friend's place, and just figured, well, it's I'll you know I'll hang I'll I'll meet my dad there, whatever. So I, I drive on over and I, I find the place, and Hayden comes around the side of the house, and behind him I can see this young woman. She waves to me, and I I wave to her. I figured she was either the older sibling of whoever his friend is, or possibly their parents. I don't know. Young people all look young to me. I mean, really young. Uh, so I don't know. So he gets in the car and he says, "Well, let's go, uh, let's go." And I and I said, "Well, what, what happened?" He says, well, "Let's go. I'll tell I'll tell you on the way." So I start driving home. Now he tells me about the part of uh, going to the party, deciding to walk over to so and so's apartment, and hanging out there and seeing this odd acting woman, oddly acting. And so, so which I've already told you. So he tells me that, and then he says. Uh, so the friends are deciding to take off, but they're still kind of hanging out in the back parking lot while uh, while Hayden has come around to the front of the building, and he's waiting for me to get there. Now, while Hayden's sitting out front, he sees there's a car parked across the street with a guy in it, and uh, he's just kind of sitting there. And another car pulls up, I don't know what side of the street it pulls up, but it pulls up, and, they, and, and a guy that was in there got out and went and talked to the first guy. So they're standing... Or, you know, one's standing outside the car, one's in the car, and they're talking to each other, and they keep looking at Hayden. Keep looking over at him. And Hayden's noticing this. Why do they keep looking at me, he's thinking. They keep looking at him. And he, and he know, I think he, I don't know if he knew his friends were still hanging out in back or, or not, but he went back around 
He saw that they're there. So he says, you know, guys, I think there's a drug deal going on out front. I think I'll just hang back here for a bit. And they said, that's, that's cool. That's fine. I'm still on my way down. And they, I suppose they wait there for a couple few minutes or whatever. And then they said, well, it's probably done now. We're going to take off. And Hayden says, fine, you know, my dad will be here soon. So they take off, and Hayden's standing out in the back parking lot. Uh, so shortly after his friends take off, one of the guys that was looking at Hayden comes around the side of the building and comes up to Hayden and starts talking to him, starts asking him, were you talking to my wife? And Hayden's like, "No, no, I, I was, no, I was talking to anybody. No, I was talking to your wife. I assume the guy may be referring to the woman that was acting oddly. Don't know, but may have been referring to her. The guy asks him again, "You weren't talking to my wife. You were talking to my, you were talking to my wife." And Hayden's like, "No, no, I, I no, I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just waiting for my dad to come pick me up. I, I, nothing. You know, he's being his." You know, as sincere as he can be in his saying no, I had nothing, I wasn't doing anything, I, honestly. And the guy kind of backed off then and said, oh, that's okay, kid, that's cool, you know, whatever. So he just said, walks away. And Hayden had the presence of mind to keep an eye on the guy. He's kind of watching him. He's still behind the building, but he's watching around the side, and he sees the guy walking out to the front to the guy that was the other fellow that was out there. And as this guy approaches, now he's, face, he's facing away from Hayden. So he says, uh, Hayden tells me, uh, the guy uh, that's walking away from him holds his hand up alongside the uh, left side of his head. Uh, and he's got the first two fingers of, on his hand pointing straight up in the air. The other two are curled down. And the thumb is extended and pointing at the guy's ear. So he's kind of holding his hand up like that to the air. So the fingers are pointing up in the air. And Hayden sees that gesture. And the first thing he thinks is, gun? Is that guy going to get a gun? You know, that's the stuff he starts thinking. Now, he doesn't hang around to find out the answer. He's got the apartment building between them now. So he ducks back behind it, and he turns, and he hightails it out of there. He just runs. He just books. Now remember, it's it's about it's almost a hundred degrees, and and he you know and, and although he's pretty much rested up from the long walk, it's still it's pretty hot. And so he takes off and he runs about a block before he sees a young couple out in their yard, uh, uh, backyard of the house. He sees them. There's two you know uh, young couple with their kids, two young kids, and he runs up to them, and he says. Look, I'm sorry. Uh, can I hang here with you? I think some guy wants to shoot me, or whatever. He tells them the the story, and they said, "Yeah, yeah, sure." And they sit him down, and they, you know, they get him some water, and they try to, you know, keep him calm, and they start asking him questions about, you know, graduating high school, where you're going to college, that kind of stuff, right? And that's when, about then, that I get to the parking lot, and I text Hayden, "I'm here." And that's when he gives me the address that he's at at the, at the moment and that he would explain to me when I got there. And this is the story he told me as we were driving home. My first reaction to hearing the whole story was, oh, God, that's crazy. That's crazy. 
But then I said, and I said, I'm really glad you, you know, followed your instincts and you got out of there. You listened to, you know, you listened to that voice in your head saying, get out of here. And I said, I'm glad about that. And so, but as we drove home, it was, it was dawning on me uh, the implications of what might have happened. And I started to get a little uh, a little freaked out. And I tried to keep calm and all that. And Hayden, you could tell he was rattled, but he was trying to keep it together. And and he was just saying, that this, now he says, well, I'm okay, and, and this is a story, an interesting story I can tell people now. And I said, yeah, yeah, okay. And then we did tell Amy, and he, I told Hayden, you know, your mother's going to freak out when she hears this, but we should tell her. Maybe we shouldn't have, I don't know. She got a little, you know, concerned, but, you know, we all just thought, it's like, okay, let's try to remain calm because he's okay. I let my uh, siblings know about it. We have a group text going on where we keep in touch with each other. Uh, and I just told them the story. What had happened, I told a couple of friends. Um, one friend, in his way, uh, told me not to dwell on what could have happened. Don't get too hung up on what could have happened. Remember, your kid is okay. Yeah. In his way, he told me. And he, he made a joke that... You feel the room. <laughs> but I know what he was trying to do. And, 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 his, and his bigger point was, was good. Just don't freak out. He's okay. He was smart enough to, to get the heck out of there. Uh, the next day... Sunday. Uh, every morning uh, on Sundays, uh, my not every morning, every Sunday morning, my older brother calls my dad, and they have a little talk each week. You know. And uh, my older brother had gotten that text from me the night before, so he shared that with my dad. And so when their conversation was done, my dad called me, and he said, "You tell Hayden that his grandpa grandpa says." He did exactly the right thing. He got the hell out of Dodge. I said, "Yes, I will," and I did. And uh, you know, it, it's 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 hard not to think of what could have happened. I'm glad it didn't happen. I listened to true crime podcasts, and I was just the night before while I was uh, while I was working. I was listening to Case File, which is a true crime podcast, and I was listening to something about you know the I think it was the. Uh, the freeway phantom case where you know uh, young girls were being abducted and sexually assaulted raped uh, and, and and murdered and these parents were fine you know we're learning that it's, and so whenever I hear that story it just it hits so hard because I'm a parent and even though I don't know I don't know the exact feeling uh, I'm closer to knowing that exact feeling than somebody who doesn't have kids yeah, and so I just hear that, and then the next day, this thing happens. But he's okay. He listened to his instincts, and he got the hell out of Dodge. Well, I think I'll get the hell out of this uh, show for a moment anyway, and take my first break. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the on the ZTalk Radio uh, network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Doctor Dimfit Simmons. I'll return. <laughs>
this station's not your cup of tea. Then drink coffee! 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 Drink coffee! 100% news. 100% information. 100% guarantee. Thought you might say that. <laughs> You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Don't just take my word for it, but you are listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. The Earth is only 6,000 years old. That's what Answers in Genesis and the Creation Museum say. And how can a museum be wrong? Isn't Dr. Oz just wonderful? I loved today's episode. It didn't talk down to his adoring audience of women at all. Science has proved that the subatomic quantum realm is as real as it is counterintuitive and bizarre. Therefore, I can use it to support quantum healing and quantum consciousness. After all, how can journals like Aquarius Metaphysics be wrong? Evolution is just a theory. After all, if we came from monkeys, then why are there still monkeys? We all have friends and family who believe these things and much more. Well, if you're a rational thinker who is tired of arguing on social media and never getting anywhere, we have a solution for you. Join the Guerrilla Skepticism and Wikipedia team and we will teach you how to add reliable scientific and skeptical information to the world's number one source of information, Wikipedia. We write new articles and improve existing ones. We remove pseudoscience, paranormal and alt-med claims substituting the actual facts. And we operate in many languages. We've already reached tens of millions of people searching for information, but as you can imagine, we can never do enough. So please join us. All you need is a PC and the desire to help educate the planet. In fact, you'll be educating the world while you sleep. Contact us at gsowteam at gmail.com. Guerrilla Skepticism. The time is is now. now. Music by purpleplanet.com. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. And welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Nemeth Simmons. Let's see. Uh, i got a cool thing for everybody. The Minnesota Skeptic Meetups in person resumed this month. Uh, on, on June 10th, this past Thursday, the Minnesota Skeptics got together again at that restaurant that we meet up in Minneapolis. Uh, I have enjoyed the Zoom meetups because, uh, well, because I don't really have to travel. You know, it's it's I can just I can be home and get on there and, and I can do show and tell, which I like to do. I like show my toys or drawings or whatever, uh, which I really can't do at the restaurant thing. I mean, I want to bring in toys. You know, come on, and uh, they might get broken. Uh, but and and you know the travel, especially you know, as it has been this week. You know, did I tell you it was hot? 
Did I say it was hot this week? Did I say that? Because it really was hot. And it, you know, and I hate summer. I don't know if I mentioned that to you, but I hate summer because it gets hot and the humidity. In winter, I can handle the cold because I can be inside and bundled up and stay comfy. And if I go outside, I can bundle up and stay fairly comfortable. But in summer, when it's hot, and especially when it's humid too, you can be naked and you ain't comfortable. And me, I would never be comfortable naked. <laughs> never. <laughs> Come on. Jesus, I gotta draw the line somewhere, and that's it. Never. <laughs> uh, but the Minnesota skeptics got to meet up. It's been 15 months. It was March 2020 when we met up. Just as, just I think within days of us meeting up, the shutdowns went on, went in. And I, th- and as I recall, I got sick uh, a day or two after the meetup. Like that Friday, I started coming down with something. And then I was sick, so Saturday I announced to the the skeptics group, uh, skeptics group, on Facebook. I said I don't want to be an alarmist, but I'm not feeling well. I'm not sh- having any of the symptoms of COVID, uh, the the telltale ones. But you know, just want to let you guys know. Um, but it was great. And uh, being at the restaurant, we get this uh, uh, this one server that we've had. He, he, you know, he's back, and he's just. Uh, he does a fine job. He's fine. It's just that he's, he's, I don't know if he's just familiar with us or he's just, <laughs> I was ordering something from him and another person had ordered something and he looks at me and he says, what did you want now? <laughs> uh, Maddie, one of the other skeptics uh, and I were sitting together and, and she just, we just had a nice chuckle at that. We just thought, <laughs> that's, that's, you know, that's the night before. Uh, I'd been at uh, uh, an Olive Garden restaurant. That's where we took our son, and it's just fine. It's fine. That's that's not crap all over restaurants. It's so easy to crap all over places. Chipotle's good, and Olive Garden's fine. Just all right, fine. I'm not rich, okay. And the the server we had there, she was very attentive and very happy and polite, and you know, all that. <laughs> she didn't say, "What did you want now?" <laughs> anyway. It, that's a really cool thing. We got back together to see each other. Uh, I, I, I think I, uh, I had suggested to one of the elders uh, why, you know, if it would be possible anyway, if we could do, uh, you know, the meetup in person once we're back at it, and then maybe, you know, some other uh, Thursday night during the month, we do a, a Zoom meetup. Just, just we can do both. We'll see how that, if it, uh, I'll float the idea again. We'll see if it might work. Because um, it's kind of cool. UFOs again. You know, damn you, 60 minutes. Damn you straight to wherever. When I, when I declared them a Dimland Radio Science Zero, 60 minutes, the news, the respected news program, that has been on CBS for the last uh, 496 years. Uh, they 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 put their journalistic integrity in the drawer, the bottom drawer uh, for this report. They didn't give. You know, I was reluctant, kind of, to say there was sci- you know science zeros because they weren't pushing their space aliens narrative. But I still gave it to them. And the next day, when I wrote up the blog. I said, yeah, they've got to have this because they didn't even try to explain 
what the what we were seeing in those videos. They didn't even try. Remember, I mentioned Mick West. Mick West has gotten some notoriety out of this in the aftermath of the 60 Minutes thing because he's been he'd been writing about these these particular videos before 60 Minutes did their thing, and he's been writing about it after it. He did an op-ed piece for the uh, USA Today, I think it was. So he's 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 gotten uh, some more notice, but why didn't sixty minutes have him on the show where you could say this is what likely what you're seeing here? Anyway, that comes up again because last weekend uh, I was over at my uh, stopped at my parents' house after I worked at the comic book store on Saturday afternoon. You know, when Saturday you know, the Saturday that Hayden had his encounter with the the scary guy. Um, so I'm over with my parents. I cut the grass. My sister was up at their house the same day. She was cleaning how, uh, cleaning their house for them. She comes up, I think, once a month or every other month or something like that and does and cleans the house. And uh, I go over and cut the grass. And if I can grab Hayden, I will. But I just went from the comic book store to the to their house. And <clears throat> after I'd finished all that, Nancy's still, that's my sister, she's still cleaning in the kitchen. And I'm sitting talking with the folks in, in Mom's uh, TV room. And uh, Mom asks me about, uh, she says, Oh, I see in the newspaper there was an article about you know, those UFOs and the, and the American government you know, saying that the UFOs are real. What did you, what did you think of that? And then it's, it's about the same time as she's asking me that. My sister's coming and saying that she was you know, to say goodbye because she had finished up and she wanted to head home. And and I and I said no 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 mom no no, and I just I I went over you know the U in UFO stands for unidentified. I, I talked about what Steve Novella had said. Steve Novella, the host of the uh, Skeptics Guide to the Universe, had said about these videos that we see of these UFOs. Do you ever wonder why the UFO videos? You're essentially looking at a blurry dot. You know that's because. If you got an in-focus video, you can see it's a plane or a balloon or a bird or Superman. You know, you can see what it is, and it ceases to be interesting. But so as long as it's blurry, and so as long as it's that, and we don't have enough information to be able to absolutely identify it, then the people who want to, the people who want to believe, can insert space aliens because that's what UFO means now. And it has meant that for decades. The term means space aliens. Oh, I suppose there's a little subset of interdimensional beings. And there might be an even smaller subset of, uh, you know, super highly secret, high technology uh, aircraft by the American government or by foreign governments. Which is, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the less bullshitty of any of the ideas. Instead of being... You know, human error, which is the most uh, least bullshitty answer. You just you're just making mistakes. You're not you don't know what it is. It's unidentified. Anyway, so I start to explain this to my mother, and maybe I was a bit more gruff than I should have been. And she's oh, you can't yell at me. You know, it's like, mom, don't ask me what I think about the thing if you don't want me to tell you what I think about it. And my sister just raises her hands. Oh, I'm going home. I'm going. He says, oh, "These people don't want to hear." That's a frustration that skeptics can have. Look, I'm trying to explain to you what I know about this. It's not space aliens. So then, you know, I maybe, like I said, maybe I was a little. I could have been a little kinder. I was a little too gruff. 
Maybe I could have been a little calmer. So the next day, uh, my friend Douglas, who, who does the podcast The Assault of the Two-Headed Space Meals, and he gathers a, a group of uh, friends to to do a conversation every now and then about some topic. He calls us the Gooch Squad, which stands for Gang of Occasional Co-Hosts, and I'm one of them. Uh, While well, he was testing out some new software to do the recording of all of us, so um, so Douglas, who lives in upstate New York, was involved. There was me. I live in the Twin Cities in Minnesota. And uh, Jeff, who lives over in England land. And so the three of us helped Douglas test the stuff. And we were talking with each other. It seems to work pretty well. We'll see how it works to record a show. Uh, and Douglas asked me about what I thought of the UFO thing. And I said, I'm going to try and remain calm here. Just remembering what happened the day before with my mother, I'm going to try and remain calm here. And and, I, and again, and I said about the same thing. U stands for unidentified. You know, and it's just not enough information in the videos. And they're not talking to people who have, you know, more plausible explanations of what what's going on. That you know, and can back it up. You know, it's this is far more plausible than it's some super amazing spacecraft from aliens. It just doesn't... You know. So that went over a little bit better. But then, that night, I was watching uh, the ESPN Sunday Night Baseball game, and it was the Red Sox against the, the Yankees. And at some point during the game, uh, there's this fellow named Buster Olney. He's a sports journalist, and he'll do interviews and such. Uh, and he's interviewing one of the hated Yankee players, uh, Giancarlo Stanton. And the way they did this was they had the game. They did a split screen. The game. The game is on one half of the screen, the, you know, the current that's being played, and then the the interview that had been done, you know, recorded earlier through a Zoom uh, um, uh, meetup kind of thing. Uh, they're showing that, so you hear the audio from that, but you can see the game going on. And you can see these guys talking to each other. And Buster only asks Giancarlo about... Because apparently this guy uh, is into science and and space travel, you know, the, the space program kind of thing. He's into that sort of stuff. So he asks Giancarlo what he thinks about this, this UFO stuff that's been coming out. And again, thanks a lot, 60 Minutes. Thanks a lot. So he asked him about that. And Giancarlo answers along the lines of... Well, the universe is awfully big and awfully old to not have other life in it. All right, whatever. And see, and that's so that's this thing is that you know it's just it's it's invading my life. <laughs> As a skeptic, we I just go I just shake my head and grit my teeth and go, God damn it! The U stands for unidentified. Stop assuming that it's space aliens because that was the implication there. Even though 60 Minutes tried not to get too close to the space aliens hypothesis, still they suggested it a couple times. And again, they did not have anybody on that could say, no, what you're seeing is actually this. And the thing is, that the response that Giancarlo had was that he, t he, he, he goes to a different question. See, when I've been asked by fellow Z-talkers back in the day, if I believed that UFOs were space aliens visiting Earth, I'd say, no. No, I don't. I don't believe they have visited us in the past. I don't believe they are currently visiting us, and I don't think they're going to visit us anytime soon. 
and then they would say, then their next question would be, well, how can you think that the Earth is the only planet that has life on it with the universe as big as it is? And, all that? and I said, that's not what you asked me. You asked me if I thought that space aliens were visiting Earth. I don't think so. You didn't ask me if I thought there was life elsewhere in the universe. I think there is life elsewhere in the universe. It's probably microbial life, but there's there may even be life in our own solar system that we haven't found yet, but there's, there's some potential... There's areas where it's like it's good potential. There's a couple of moons of, of uh, Jupiter, a moon or two of Saturn that might have some life on it. Mars might yet show us that it did have life on it at some point. These are these are possibilities, and I'm open to them. But that's not what you asked me at first. So don't jump to this other answer. I didn't say that I didn't think there was life in the universe other than than what there is on this planet, but. So far as we know, we are the only place that there is life. We have one data point, and that's Earth. That's all we know. We don't have anywhere else to check. Uh, we've got plenty of splits to check, but we don't have any of that information to tell us that there was life or is life on those uh, planets or moons or whatever it is. Thanks a lot, 60 Minutes. Jeez, thanks a lot. All right, uh, I think I'll, I'll hit to the next break. Uh, and I'll be back in a little bit. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Do- Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I'll be back in, uh, in a bit. We always wanted a big two-story house Back when we lived in that little two-room shack We wanted fame and fortune And we lived life the way Hey, this is Danny Potts from the Kentucky Ghost Chasers And you're listening to Z-Talk Radio Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Z-Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and, of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. Hey y'all, this is Tangina. You're gonna give me whiplash looking up there too. I've cleaned many houses, and I don't know what it is that hovers over Dr. Dim's house, but it was strong enough to punch a hole into this world and take his wallet away from him. And I think what we might be dealing with is the beast. Hold on, did you just say that Dr. Dim doesn't believe in poltergeists, tiny fortune tellers? Or the beast? Well, holy sh! Why the didn't somebody tell me? Anyway, Dr. Dim's a skeptic. He'll be right back on ztalkradio.com. I still think this house is clean. ZTalk Radio is committed to bringing you the best radio possible. We will test your senses with innovative and entertaining radio programming. Honest, informative, inspirational, and on occasion, controversial. Our listening audience will also have the opportunity to interact with the show hosts and guests through live chat and call-in capabilities. You can't be left out of the loop. 
Tune in to all our live shows once, and you'll never turn your computer off again. Z-Talk Radio on your computer dial. Your healthy addiction. a little girl I asked my mother what will I be will I be pretty will I be rich here's what she said to me no welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com I'm your host Jim Dr. Dimfit Simmons uh, speaking of baseball I was talking about uh, Giancarlo Stanton and this this whole UFO UFO bullshit. Uh, well, I, I I've got one of these. Okay, <laughs> am I done yelling? Okay, now I'm going to talk about baseball, but I'm not going to talk about baseball per se. It's more the delivery system of baseball, or it's it's ans- it's it's ancillary. Toward baseball, uh, okay. During the baseball season, and uh, due to the um, generosity of a friend of mine, uh, I have the ability to call up my friend's uh, Xfinity account online, and I can watch ESPN on my laptop, and I can I can take in the Sunday night ball game, which is I look forward to that every week. I really look forward to just firing up the laptop, pulling up the game, putting on headphones and just watching the game. I just I don't care who's playing. Just want to watch the game. And baseball is the is the one sport where um, you can see the fans while the game's being played. Uh, hockey, you can see them a little bit. Uh, usually, it's their back of their heads as you're looking at the rink. But if uh, the camera gets close up in the corners or something, you can see people beyond the the glass, you know, pounding on it and that kind of thing. You can see people there. But in baseball, every batter gets up there, and that when the pitcher is throwing to him, and you get that camera that's out in center field looking in at home plate in most of the ballparks you can see the fans sitting behind home plate so you see them throughout the game through a lot of the game they're right there as you're watching the game being played you can see the fans sitting in the stands behind the behind home plate and i must have this hyper vigilance thing because I, I, I pick up stuff going on behind home plate, and it distracts me sometimes. I talked about this guy before. There's this there's this rich lawyer asshole who likes to go to every, virtually every ESPN game that's on Sunday nights. So he finds out 
what game is going to be on ESPN that Sunday. Somehow he gets a ticket for the game behind home plate. He goes there. It doesn't matter where it is in the country. He shows up sitting behind home plate. And his name is, he's known as Marlins Man. Talked about him before on this show, but uh, his name is Marlins Man. Now, Marlins Man is called that because he wears a Miami Marlins jersey, which is bright orange. And he wears a Miami Marlins visor. Not a cap, a visor, which is bright orange. He's this old white dude who dyes his beard. So his beard has this orange tint tint to it you know when when guys dye their hair brown it has this weird orange tint to it for some reason anyway so there he is and he, if he wants to dye his, his beard fine go beard go ahead fine anyway he shows up and these games virtually every sunday night game there he is and then in the playoffs uh he picks one team i don't know which team he'll pick as he goes through the playoffs he'll go to that team's every home game or whatever he'll or every game series he'll show up Sitting behind home plate. Because he's rich, and he can, and he craves attention. I don't know if he's there to see baseball as much as to be seen by the baseball fan watching at home. So I start watching this game. Uh, it was the Kansas City Royals. I forget who they were playing. It might have been Pittsburgh or something. Uh, the Kansas City Royals uh, are playing, and they're playing in Kansas City. Now, Kansas City's team colors are blue, royal blue, uh, royal blue and white. So the fans in the you know the in in the last few decades, you know, everybody goes to the game, dresses up, look like they're look like like uh, looking like they're ready to go play, right? They're wearing jerseys and all that kind of shit. They didn't used to do that way back in the day. They would wear different kind of stuff, but now it's or most of the fans dress up like the players. So because the colors are royal blue and white, you you get Mostly that color combination behind home plate, but Marlins man is wearing orange, so you can see him. And I'm going to have to pay a closer attention to see if this plays out. But when Marlins man shows up at a game, say in Houston, where orange is a, a is a dominant color in their uniform, and maybe a lot of people are wearing orange. Uh, in that section behind home plate, or if he shows up uh, at uh, at uh, in California for the Angels, uh, they have red is their main color, and it's not all that different from his orange. He doesn't really stand out; he blends in more. So what does he do? He takes his visor and he turns it so that it that it shoots off the left side of his head, and then he'll turn it so it shoots off the right side of his head. You know, he'll turn the visor around so you can spot him because he wants you. To see him. That's why he's doing this. And through most of the game, he's talking to people around him, or he's looking at his phone. Sometimes he's watching the game. But once he's established back there, I can pretty much ignore him. So this game I was watching with the Kansas City Royals in Kansas City. I start watching early on in the game. It's like, I don't know, the second half of the first inning first half of the second inning, I don't know. Uh, Marlins man emerges from behind some wall that's a few rows up from the, you know, you know it's behind a few rows uh, uh, of that section behind home plate. He emerges there through there from behind there uh, with like three other fellows. And they're, the three other fellows are all dressed in Kansas City Royals colors. But he's wearing his orange jersey. Well, he comes out and he comes down to sit. 
and there's a guy sitting in his seat. And this guy, another white guy, shaved head, beard, sunglasses, and he's wearing a shiny leopard skin suit. Not real leopard skin, of course, but that's what he's wearing. And I, you know, and I'm seeing this happen while I'm trying to watch the ball game. <laughs> this is happening behind home plate. And at some point, you know, the camera, of course, changes. You know, looking at something else and some other player, or looking at the pitcher or something. And when it comes back, we see the the Marlins man is sitting in his seat, and the guy in the leopard skin suit is now on the, you know, he's over on the third base side. The seat he had been sitting in was on the first base side. So he's he's moved. And I went, oh, guy just had the wrong seat. Well, the thing is, leopard skin suit guy turns into being even more annoying than Marlin's man. Because this guy starts holding up signs. It's, it's, you know, he holds up a sign that says, I like Santana. I'm not sure what that means, but I like Santana. Maybe there's a player on their team, on the Kansas City team or the other team that his name Santana. I don't know. And then he flips that sign around, and on the back it says, "He's cool." And these are professionally made signs. They're the placard he holds up is about I don't know two by two or something like that. And and the and the the it's not hand lettered. It's printed lettering. So he'll hold up another sign that'll be one eight hundred call Nino one eight hundred call Sylvie. I don't know what that means. He has one that he had one that that he holds up and it would say, "I got up early today." And he'll turn it around and it'll say, "Am I hashtagging?" What the hell, man? That doesn't make any sense. And here's me, hyper vigilant me, just looking at this guy behind home plate holding up signs. Now, one of the signs he holds up is John three sixteen. Google it. That's what it said on the sign. Now I know what the John three sixteen is. That's a that's from the Gospel according to John. You know, in the Bible, uh, chapter three verse sixteen, which says something like, "God loved us all so much that He sent His only Son here. So if we believe in His Son, we'll live forever." You know, some bullshit. Written by people in this tiny little piece of the world that didn't even know China existed. <laughs> they had no idea. They had no idea the Americas were here. They have no idea. They don't know. And we're, we're looking at them as authorities. Anyway. And it's, so I thought, well, okay, maybe this guy's trying to, you know, maybe he's using that sign to be like the, 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 the Rainbow Man. You know, remember Rainbow Man? He was a guy that from the late 70s and 80s who would show up at uh, football games and other sporting events, but football games mainly, and he would be in the end zones. He'd be in the seat in the seats behind the you know in the end zones. So when a team was kicking a field goal or a point after, he'd be standing back there. He'd have this Afro wig on that was rainbow colored, and he'd hold up a sign saying John three sixteen. Well, this guy, uh, his name was uh, Roland Frederick Stewart. He was known as Rock and Roland or as uh, Rainbow Man. And uh, he would hold up that sign because, you know, he became born again. And he just had to let the world know about Jesus. Really? He had to let America know about Jesus. America? We don't know about Jesus? Huh? Well, this guy, he, he, would, he, he became a fixture at all these games. He would show up at other events like the Olympics and such. And, um, you know, he just was this guy who... Uh, well, at some point in his life, he ended up um, 
He was arrested in 1992 after a standoff with Los, uh, in a Los Angeles hotel. He had entered a vacant room with two men whom he tried to recruit for a job. The men later fled the scene after he attempted to kidnap a, a surprised maid who then locked herself in the bathroom. Reportedly, Stewart, this is the rainbow guy, uh, rainbow man, believed that the rapture was due to arrive in six days. During the, during the standoff, he threatened to shoot at airplanes taking off from nearby Los Angeles International Airport and covered the hotel room windows with John 316 placards. Uh, he was arrested. He was charged with eight felonies, including three counts of kidnapping and hostage-taking. Uh, he rejected a plea deal of 12 years in order to spread his message in open court. He was convicted on all charges and sentenced to three consecutive life sentences. After being sentence, sentenced, he began a religious tirade and had to be restrained by bailiffs. He is currently serve, serving three consecutive life sentences in prison, in prison on kidnapping charges. Uh, he became eligible for parole in, for parole in 20, uh, 2002 and has been denied, and he's been denied it ever since, and he's still in prison right now. Way to go, Jesus. You got yourself a good one there. Anyway, so this guy, the, 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 the leopard skin suit sign guy, it's, it's now annoying the shit out of me. But that's not bad enough. I'm not sure how these two, these things fell in with each other, but uh, Marlin's man is now being uh, 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 asked to wear a, a Royals jersey. Somebody they're handing down. Somebody from above is handing down on a on a, on a broom pole with a hook on it the jersey. So Marlin's man is standing up and he puts on the 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 uh, uh, Royals jersey. All right, so that's happening. The camera focuses directly on him when this happens. It, it, it there wasn't anything, you know. The pitcher was taking the sign from the from the from the catcher, so you know there was a they could focus on that. But the ESPN guys aren't saying a thing. The announcers they aren't saying a thing. So okay, so he puts on the Royals jersey and he says, "Okay, you guys happy?" And the and the and the and the crowd cheers. All right. Now when that happens, or closely after that happens, or closely before it, I can't remember. The Royals uh, mascot, a a, uh, a a character that's supposed to be a lion, he's dressed in a baseball uniform. He's a lion. His his mane looks like a crown, and his name is Slugger with three R's at the end of Slugger. Slugger shows up behind Leopard Suit Sign Man, and and Slugger has his own sign. That he holds up, you know, he's trying to, he's, he's ridiculing the sign guy for being annoying. So, so uh, Slugger is holding up this sign that says, uh, and it's handwritten. So he put it. He must have noticed this guy. Said, "Oh, we got to take the piss out of this guy." Uh, so he had this sign made up that says, uh, uh, "Royals 2014." Google it. Well, that means that you know people will look up Royals 2014 and they'll find out that the Royals, the Kansas City Royals, won the World Series in 2014. So he's messing around with leopard skin suit guy with the signs. He's putting the sign in front of the guy's face. This is happening behind home plate, and I'm just, I'm just going crazy. You know, it, it, there's got to be a rule. 
that you can't have fans behind home plate holding signs. I was waiting for the pitchers to talk to the umpire to say, could you tell that person to stop with the signs? I'm trying to work here. I don't need this guy doing stupid stuff behind home plate. At least Marlins man just kind of sits there. But that never happened. That goes to show you that the pitchers, how much concentration the players have on their game. They're not paying attention to what's going on behind home plate. That's for people like me sitting at home watching the game. Well, Marlins man is feeling left out. He got the New Jersey, but he's feeling left out from what's going on over there with, with, with Slugger and, and Leopard Suit Sign Guy. So what does he do? He goes over and they all take a group selfie. Oh, man! <laughs> I'm sitting there, I'm just like, I'm pulling my hair out. What I, It's just like, what the hell? <laughs> you know, I, I, I kind of like it better when there weren't any fans in the stands. Good night, our doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher. Oh, well. I still love uh, baseball, and I'm proud of, uh, uh, of our son. He's graduated high school. We'll see what happens with college. I hope he has a good life ahead of him. Um, be skeptical. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Wash your hands. You know, wear a mask if you have to wear a mask in places. Get your vaccine. Please get your vaccine. You've been listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network, and I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons, reminding you to sleep with the lights off. You can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option, and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. What did you think of tonight's installment of Dimland Radio? Wow. Wow. Well, Well, I'm going to hell. hell.